Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hit and Run podcast, where conversation collides. My name is Robbie Alexander, and I am joined, as always, by Natalie Dunn. So I was on my way home from work today, and I wasn't really paying attention to the radio because St. Louis traffic. But there was some commercial that was on, and all of a sudden, I just hear the guy go, I'm Mr. Lou, and I'm on drugs, too. <laughs> what? But he never said what the product was after that. So I was like, did they just get like some random drug guy <laughs> on the radio? And he's just like on a high and is like, everybody, look at me. I'm, I'm on methamphetamines or something like that. It was the weirdest thing. That's super weird. And then I got off the highway. This person went across the crosswalk in front of me, which, you know, not complaining, right of way. But what caught my eye is they were they were wearing rollerblades. And I've wanted to buy roller skates for like the last two months. <laughs> and then I saw them roller skating across. And in my mind, I was like, all right, that's happening before April. So uh, watch out, St. Louis, because your boy's about to get some roller skates. <laughs> Pretty dumb idea. Uh, yeah, but I think it's the perfect segue for the first ever hit and run story time. It's story time. Dumb ideas edition. So I'm pretty pumped for this. We were supposed to do this last week and of course we got sidetracked because it's very easy for us to do. True. So this week we're doing story time and we uh, all it is is we pick a topic and I'll tell Nat a story as well as all the all of you the listeners and then Nat will tell me a story. So who wants to go first? I think you should go first. You think I should go first? I think I've told you this story before. Okay. Well, only time will tell. Yeah. So this is called uh, a little ditty that is referred to as the spinach can incident. Ah, uh, yes. Disclaimer, this is a Joe Bugner story. And I say that because almost every story I tell that involves my good friend Joe, it's the blank incident, which tells <laughs> you we probably shouldn't hang out that much because <laughs> it always ends in some type of incident. This one might have been the worst. At least it's the most memorable. So this is the spinach can incident. Before you start, I do want to make a note that while no one who's listening to the show now would know this, I think it's worth mentioning that you actually told this story on one of our original hit and run radio shows. Oh, did I? You did. Oh. I think it may have been the same prompt, tell an embarrassing story. So bringing it full circle here. I might have heard your story then. You have not. Okay. Well, dang. Well, you're <laughs> going to hear this one again because it's too good not to share. That's okay. So the spinach incident. This took place in June of 2014, but we're going to back it up a little bit. And first, we're going to go to January of 2014. We were at Joe's house and he had just thrown away like this old wooden like entertainment center. Like, you know, the old wooden entertainment centers that were big in like the 90s and early 2000s where now it's like the minimalist look. Uh -huh. But like when we were growing up, it was like, let's get a big ass piece of furniture, <laughs> just tuck it in the corner. So we had one of those. And instead of throwing it out, we started burning it, right? And have you ever watched those videos on YouTube of people like putting a can on a fire, usually a bean can, and you put the can on the fire and it heats up, but you don't like crack the lid or anything. You just put it on the fire and then it eventually like the pot blow or not the pot blows off, the top blows off. Uh-huh. You've seen those, right? Yeah. Okay. You are the first I've told the story to who knows what the crap I'm talking about. <laughs> it's possible I just have like a minor memory of the last time I heard this story, <laughs> but I, I have a visual of what you're describing. You're like, sure, that all makes sense. <laughs> so we're burning this entertainment center, right? 
And we're like, we should get a bean can and put it on the fire and blow the top off. And we couldn't find a bean can, but we found a peaches can. So we put it on the fire and then we put the entertainment center over it. And we heard a little pop after like probably 45 minutes and it was freezing out. And so we're like, yeah, okay, whatever. And we moved on with our day. Well, fast forward to June of 2014. This was like the week after we graduated from high school. And it's probably a good thing that it was after we graduated high school. So we go over to Joe's house. And when we get there, his dad's out back at the fire pit, burning just some scrap wood, as a responsible adult would do. <laughs> what you need to know is Joe has a pretty big yard. So it's like Joe's house. And then you go back probably 30, I'd say about 30 yards. And then they have their fire pit. And then there's like woods. And the fire pit's right on the edge of the woods. You'll need to know this for the end of the story. It's a little little foreshadowing is what the uh, the authors call it. So anyways, Mr. Bugner's burning the wood. We go and we, we go swimming because there's a lake at Joe's house. There's a lake everywhere in Michigan, but specifically we went swimming at the one at Joe's house, Squaw. You're gonna get a lot of unneeded details in this story, so just buckle up, crew. <laughs> And we go swim for a while. It's a great, it's a beautiful Michigan June evening. Come back up. It's probably like 6.30 at this point. And it's a Thursday night, which also, you know, hold on to your pants for that one too. As we go back up, and by the time we get back up to the house, Mr. Bugner's pretty much done with what he wants to burn of the scrap wood. But he keeps it going for us before he goes in because we're like, well, we'll stay out here and like just have a bonfire, keep it going. Well, shortly after Mr. Bugner goes inside, we start talking about the peach can blowing the top off from back in January. And we're like, well, we should try it again, but not with a big ass entertainment center over the can. We should just put it on the fire and just see what happens. So we go in Joe's kitchen and once again, no beans, you know, no bean can. So we start going through seeing what, what might be the best to blow a top off a can when put under extreme heat conditions. And my dear brother, Cody, who you all know and love, he finds this big ass can of spinach <laughs> and he's like, well, that's pretty big. That should work well. And we're like, yeah, that, that's going to work great. So we go take the spinach can, put it smack dab, standing up in the middle of the fire. And then we wait. And then we wait. And then we wait some more. And we probably stood there what felt like hours. But in reality, was probably, you know, 10 minutes. And as 17-year-old boys do, I think we were actually 18. So we could have been tried out as adults. Um, that's besides the point. That, besides <laughs> the point, though. We get bored. And we start throwing a football around. You know, just throwing the football. We're near the fire, keeping an eye on it. But, you know... We have no interest in this can anymore. We're just throwing the football around. Well, at some point, our other friend Colton comes over. So now there's four people watching this fire until Cody leaves. And that was probably for the best. His back was bugging him. Cody has a long history of back issues. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to split for the night. So Cody leaves. So then it's just me, Joe, and Colton throwing the football around. And we're out there for like an hour. And it gets dark out. And we're like, all right, let's go in. We're bored. We completely forgot about this fire. I mean, like, didn't think about it at all. We just walked in and just, like, assumed it was burnt off. <laughs> we were sadly mistaken. So we go inside. Joe fixes himself, played a goulash. Big-ass spiders playing on the TV, Sci-Fi Network. It's such a traumatic but wonderful experience that I remember these details. <laughs> so we sit down, and we're like, let's see what this movie's about. We start watching Big-Ass Spider. Joe's chowing on some goulash. All of a sudden, there's this window-shaking bang. Just boom! Well, in my mind, his older sister Lizzie had just gone downstairs. It sounded like somebody threw a dryer or a washing machine down the stairs, right? <laughs> so in my mind, I'm like, oh, Lizzie must have like kicked the washing machine or something. Because that makes sense, right? 
He was just <laughs> randomly kicking washing machines. Well, about the, about the time that that thought pops into my head, his other older sister, Amanda, comes out with just this look of pure panic. She's like, did you guys hear that? And we're like, yeah. She's like, what the hell was that? And then it hits me. And it hits me and Joe at the exact same time because we both snap and look at each other. And Joe's like, the spinach can? <laughs> And Amanda's like, the what? And he's like, uh, we'll be right back. So me and Joe go outside. And we're like, Colton, you stay here. It's probably nothing. But we go outside and we go out to the fire pit. There is no fire pit and there is no can. There was probably a crater about three feet deep where the fire pit <laughs> used to be. And there's no sign of this spinach can. What there is, however, is hot embers and coals flung a good 20 feet into the woods. And it's June, so things are starting to dry up. So our first thought is, fuck. And our second thought is, we gotta put this shit out. So we sprint to his garage, trying to find like a bucket or something. And we end up with two of his dad's coolers that he takes to work. Because his dad works at a GM plant, so he takes coolers, <laughs> has a good lunch in them. Well, we weren't eating lunch. We were trying to douse the water. And the water we were using was the pool water because right before the fire pit was the pool. And luckily, thank God, the explosion went towards the woods and not towards the pool because we had already oh ruined that pool once, which is a story for another <laughs> time. The pool had just become a pool once again. So we're dousing the fire with the pool. And I'm like, we need to go get Colton. So I run back up to Joe's house. I whip open the door. And I run into the living room. I just look at Colton. He looks at me. I was like, Colton. I was like, we got to go. He's like, what? And I was like, the spinach can. We just, we got to go. And I don't think Colton even knew about the spinach can at this point. He might have. <laughs> that part's a little foggy. So he comes running outside. We get him a cooler and we're trying to douse the fire. And after like five or 10 minutes of that, it seemed like eons, but after about five or 10 minutes of that, we're like, oh, Joe's got a pretty long hose. A hose might reach to the woods. So we get the hose and we drag it all the way to the woods. And luckily it reached and we doused the fire. Day is so saved. So was, was there like actually stuff on fire or was it just like hot coals threatening to light things on fire? It was threatening. Okay. It was threatening, which is why we had to act so quickly. Right. But we, we put it out and we went to McDonald's and we celebrated with vanilla milkshakes. <laughs> and that was the spinach can incident. During the day, there's a little bit of fallout after this. Um, I think Joe summarized it perfectly when he said, we've almost had to call the cops a lot of times, but that was the closest we ever got <laughs> to possibly having to call the cops because we pretty much made a homemade bomb that night unintentionally <laughs> like that thing exploded and then once you get the panic out of potentially setting this patch of woods on fire, then you start thinking about everything. Number one. Could you imagine if we had not gone inside and we're still playing football out there? Like we were not away from the fire. We were like playing around the fire with the football. Right. Could you imagine? That would not have ended well. No. So that was one thing. I have two side stories now <laughs> from what other people heard. I'm also surprised Joe's neighbors didn't call the cops because that was, like I said, like it shattered the windows at his house. So as you remember, Cody left earlier in the night before he had to deal with what he caused because he's the one that picked the can. <laughs> <laughs> and 
To paint another picture, so there's like Joe's house, and then there's that patch of woods, and then there's Loon Lake right on the other end of it, and mm-hmm. then on the other side of Loon Lake is where me and Cody grew up and where my parents live, like close enough where Joe would ride his bike over and vice, well, we never, I don't think we ever rode it, but you know what I mean, like it's only a couple uh-huh. miles away. So Cody and my dad are still up at that point when the can exploded, and they're watching TV, and they hear the explosion. My dad, I guess my dad goes, what the hell was that? No, Cody said, what the hell was that? And my dad's like, oh, it must have been the cannon guy. Because there's this guy that like shoots off a (laughs) cannon on our lake. (laughs) Because that's also normal. And he kind of paused and he's like, a little louder than usual, don't you think? (laughs) It's like, oh, gosh, because it was us. (laughs) <laughs> so that that was like within two miles, right? Probably. Uh-huh. Well, then later that summer, I was at a bonfire, probably like five miles down the road from Joe's house with one of my drumline friends. And I don't know why I thought about it, but I was just like, hey, about a month ago, did you guys happen to hear a very loud explosion, <laughs> like louder than usual? And she was like, I mean, there's always fireworks around here. And I was like, no, no, no. Like one that was way louder than usual. And she's like, I don't know, dad, did we? And he's like, yeah, yeah, like on a Thursday night or something. (laughs) And they're like, why? And I was like, I was with Joe. And they're like, all right, that's all we need to know. (laughs) So everybody, everybody in like Fenton knows Joe. Yeah, I think the story is summarized best, like I said, when Joe said that's the closest we got to having either the cops called on us or us having to call the cops. And that is probably the dumbest thing I've ever done was create a bomb unintentionally. (laughs) And that is the spinach can incident. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any questions before we move on? Because that's a lot to unpack. It is a lot lot to to unpack if you didn't live it. I've, so, I've told this story so many times that I'm like, yeah, this is all normal. <laughs> it's not, though. It's really not. So my first question is, did you ever go back and do any sort of like follow up research? Like, was there a reason? Like, is spinach super like pressurized or flammable? Like, why? Why did this can of spinach cause such an explosion? You know, we didn't. I think for a while we kind of just tried to downplay it and didn't want to draw attention <laughs> to ourselves. <laughs> that's a good question, though. Because I'll, I'll, I'll put Cody on that. That's that's his kind of thing to do. Fair enough. It seems unusual. Like it doesn't it does. seem like like you said you put the peach can in there and it was like a little pop. So why was this can of spinach so much more extreme? But see, that also raises a second question: Was it a little pop with the peach can, or did the big entertainment center just enclose what could have been? just as big an explosion i guess that's fair that's true yeah lots of variables for sure mm-hmm. temperature <laughs> differences you know that, that barometric pressure probably played some <laughs> kind of part in it where the moon was aligned that night yeah i don't know i don't know why it was such a visceral explosion <laughs> Because when you watch the bean can videos, you don't see people just getting shrapneled. Right. And when I tell you that we couldn't find that can, like we looked for the rest of the summer for that can and could not find any trace of it. Like it's just gone. So what did Joe's parents think of the like three foot crater in their backyard? Was there a reaction or? So Joe's dad was just so used to it. I don't think he really asked questions. I think Joe might have filled it in before his dad got a chance to see it. He also might have been expecting it because (laughs) 
It was a known fact for the longest time when we hung out with Joe, something was going to be broken for whatever reason before we left or before he left our house. And we don't know why. It just happened. Like some of the stuff wasn't even our fault. It just broke. (laughs) So I think his dad was expecting it at that point. Like the one day, another fight, a lot of these stories with Joe are in fire, but I just distinctly remember the one day and I won't tell all the stuff that led up to it, but Joe wrote his name in the lawn with lighter fluid and then set it on fire. And just as he was about to release the match, his dad walked out and said, what are you doing? And then all of a sudden, Joe's name was in the lawn and fire. (laughs) (laughs) So that explains a lot. Yeah, some good context. Oh, yeah. It's It's always a good time at dear old... Dear old Joe's house. (laughs) The Boogners are a riot. They are the best family. But we also get into a lot of trouble with them. (laughs) (sighs) Good stuff. I don't know if it's good stuff, but I think it's good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're far enough removed from it at this point that you can laugh about it. Yeah. How long was it before you were willing to tell that story? Ooh, I don't think I told my parents. I don't know if my mom's heard it. I'm sure she has. (laughs) I don't think I told my dad for a couple years. I wasn't afraid to tell my dad of what we did at Joe's, but because that was explosive, I was like, <laughs> let's hold off on that one for a little bit. <laughs> and then I, that's like, usually the, when I meet people, the, one of the first stories I tell is the spinach can. <laughs> because if you're going to know me, you got to know my past. <laughs> Today's episode of the Hit and Run podcast is brought to you by Noted by Nicole. For your next special occasion, pick up the perfect gift from Noted by Nicole Embroidery, where you can get custom designs on t-shirts, sweatshirts, hand towels, masks, bandanas, onesies, and more. Choose from one of her collections or ask for a custom design. You can find her on Instagram or Facebook at Noted by Nicole. Use the coupon code HAMPERSANDR10 to get 10% off any current or customized inventory. Shop Noted by Nicole for beautiful embroidered gifts for your family, friends, or yourself. As she always says, it's by her for you. All right. Now I want to hear yours because I you said I've never heard this one before. That's true. Um, so it's got to be good. And you said it's very embarrassing too. It so is it's gotta very be embarrassing. Spicy. It's got to be more bueno spicy. I don't know how spicy it is, but it's definitely embarrassing. Um, Lay it on us. I know before the show, we were debating whether the question was the dumbest thing you've ever done or the most embarrassing thing you've ever done. This, I think, falls into both categories. It's sort of the level of embarrassing that, like, I wouldn't just, like, tell this story to someone willingly unless I know them really well and it specifically comes up or you're listening to this podcast. I was going to say, or you're just (laughs) stumbling across this. It's another thing where it's been long enough that I feel comfortable telling this story because I have grown up quite a bit since then, but at the time very embarrassing i don't know if i've ever told my mom this and this is specifically that's specifically relevant does your mom listen to this podcast i don't know if she listens like consistently i think she has listened but does podbean have like a like a facebook thing where you can show everybody but except this group of people (laughs) where you can be like nope (laughs) not her listen at this point i it's it's whatever so this happened during my junior year of high school (laughs) 
going back to high school, so you know it's going to be good. good. I was going to say, that's already a good setup. So this happened during my junior year of high school. For Christmas, my junior year of high school, I got my first car. And I don't know if I, if you know what my first car was. Um, my first car was a bright blue VW Bug. Ooh, what year? Uh, 2000-something? I don't remember. It was old. Right in the heyday of Slug Bug No Slug Back. It was like one of the classic Bug remakes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was from like early 2000s, I think. You're going to have to share a picture of this. Oh, I will. So I got this car for Christmas, but... The, the stipulation was that it still had some work that needed to be done on it. So I didn't actually get to drive it right away. I don't know if they got it from like a salvage lot or like they bought it used. I don't know. They got it somewhere used and it needed some work done. My dad had a friend who ran a, a shop and so they were doing work on it, but it got delayed. So it wasn't quite ready, but it was a Christmas present. So they had to give it to me on Christmas. So it still had some stuff to do. So I ended up waiting for this car for like months. So there's a lot of underlying drama that went into the fact that I didn't end up getting the car for like several months. But long story short, the guy who was doing the work on it was totally fucking us. Um, He did work on it. He said he did work on it and charged us for work he did on it that after we took it to someone else, he was like, that's literally never been done to this car. Like supposedly he replaced the timing belt and like the water pump. And the guy was like, no, this is still the original timing belt. Like the the screws are rusted in place. Jeez There's no way he could have replaced this. Didn't this guy do this to like your car in college too? Um, or was no, that there another were, guy that fucked you over? There were different things wrong with my car in college. That was a okay. whole other story. You really have had a bad history of cars. <laughs> it's more like I've had a bad history of my dad trusting the wrong people to deal with our car issues. Mm, um, yeah. But anyway, that's, again, a whole other story. So I got this car for Christmas, and then I probably didn't drive it for the first time until, like, late January. Um, I mean, I probably, like, drove it once, but, like, actually drove it somewhere like it was my car, I could take it to school and stuff until like late January. So a long time. I don't remember what all they had to do to it, but I know there was like some, just some general maintenance work. There was like a wheel that needed replaced or like a tire that needed replaced, Um, a bunch of stuff. I get this car in January and the first place I drive it is to go pick my sister up from swim club. She was on like the swim team. And so I have to drive like across town to the middle school to go pick her up. And it's like 8 p.m. So it's dark at this point in January, of course. And I'm driving and... I'm like, man, these headlights are like really shitty. Like I can barely see the road. Oh no. What the fuck? (laughs) So I'm driving and I get all the way to the school and I'm sitting there waiting for her to come out after her like swim club. And I realized that the headlights are not on. I was driving with just like the, like the, you know, the security lights, whatever, the ones that are just on all the time, the running lights. How far away was it? Oh, probably a good like 10 miles. Good Lord, Like backcountry roads. This isn't even the embarrassing part of the story. This is just building up to the climax of this story. This is bonus Um, embarrassment. (laughs) Yes, it is. So that was my very first time driving this car. As I drive it more, 
There's all sorts of problems with it. There were like engine related problems. It like leaked oil. One time I was backing out of the driveway and I went to turn and I could barely turn the steering wheel. And as I'm backing out of the driveway, there's this like huge red streak in the driveway. And I was horrified because you always hear those stories about how like a cat will sleep under your wheel or something and you have Mm -hmm. to check in the winter time before you leave, before you drive. I was like, oh my God, I killed a cat. I killed something. It was in my car. Then my dad told me that um, power steering fluid is bright red. And that's why. Oh, is it? Yes, apparently. I didn't know that until that day. But that's why I couldn't like turn my wheel at all. So the power steering line went out. All of these things were going wrong with it. And like, again, we kept taking it back to the sky and like things weren't getting fixed. It was just on and off. Like I didn't consistently drive this car until probably like April when I got it for Christmas in December. (laughs) Um, Just a slow simmer. The climax of all the issues with this car is, oh, and it had a bunch of weird quirks too. I don't know if you know much about Volkswagens. Obviously they're not an American car. And one of the other issues is that there's a lot of things very specific about them that most like American mechanics, like just your average mechanic doesn't really know what they're doing. So like pieces go on different and- Yeah, you gotta go to a dealership for that. Yeah, so that was a lot of the issue we had too is the mechanic my dad was going to didn't know what he was doing with European cars. So Volkswagens have a super weird security system too. So basically, if you ever did anything wrong, the alarm would start going off and you couldn't turn it off unless you put your key in the trunk lock because that was how you disarmed the security system. What? But that was like even if you locked the car with your key fob and then unlocked it with the key, the alarm would go off. See, that's normal. Yeah. But not the trunk thing. Yeah, that's pretty normal. But then if you start the car, it just turns off and like you're good. But you you had to go in through the back. You couldn't start the car. Like the, the alarm stopped you from starting the car in this case. So you had to disarm it with the key. Um, So it was super annoying, lots of weird quirks. It also had this light on the windshield or on the dash that like, it was like an ice warning light. So it was basically always on when it was cold outside. (laughs) Just so you know, it's going to be really cold out today. Ice possible. Um, And it was like a little thermometer. And my mom's car had that same thing. So I was like, okay, I guess all cars have this. Like, that's a really weird thing though. And like, it's always on. Um, and it's one of the, it was an old car, used car, so the, the check engine light is literally always on. You'd have no idea why. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all had a car where the check engine light is always on. Oh, yeah. So one day, I'm driving home from school. Actually, I don't think I was driving home from school because I specifically remember what road I was on. What road? What, whoa. What road <laughs> were you on? <laughs> I was on M59. I think I was coming home from work because at the time, I was working at my dad's restaurant. Um, So I think I was coming home from work, which is like a 10 minute drive from our house at the time. And my car was being super weird. Like it was shifting really weird. It was, you could tell it was like really struggling to accelerate. Mm -hmm. Um, Like very weird. I was like, okay, I'm like five minutes from home. I'll just get home. Right. Um, And like, as I'm pulling into my neighborhood and at the time we lived in a condo because we were like in between houses. So we lived in a really small like condo complex. So once you pull into the neighborhood, it was like 
a hundred feet to our house, to our driveway. Mm -hmm. So I pull into the complex. I'm like a hundred feet from my driveway and white smoke starts coming out of my car. <laughs> oh no. And you know, I'm, I'm like 17. This is my first car. This has never happened to me before. Right. I'm horrified. And of course my thought is like, I need to get out of this car immediately. But I was so close to my driveway at this point. I'm like, I just got to get into the driveway. So I literally like took my foot off the gas, like coasted into the driveway and like got out of the car, ran into the house. I don't remember if anyone was even home. And I was like, my car is on fire. Like it wasn't because it was like white smoke. Right. Um, I was like, my car is on fire. I don't know what to do. I think, I don't think anyone was home. I think I like called my mom in a panic. So Call they took the police. It back. <laughs> so they took the car back. Um, it turned out that there was a coolant leak. So like the coolant was completely empty. And so the engine was overheating and they were like, wow, that's super weird. Like that you didn't know your engine was overheating. I'm like, how would I know that? Um, so I didn't put this together until months later. Oh. <laughs> My car did not have an ice possible warning light. It had an engine overheating warning light that was literally always on. So you, you went months without any coolant in that engine. Very likely, yes. It's oh, likely that my engine gosh. was overheating while I was driving for probably at least a month. <laughs> You're like, it's 70 degrees out. Why is there ice possible? <laughs> well, that's the thing is it was like February. So I didn't know like there was ice possible. And my mom's car had a light that was like meant ice possible and it was almost the same symbol what kind of car did your mom have a ford fusion oh <laughs> so like very, very different than a volkswagen much newer than my volkswagen like i it didn't make sense that that's what that light meant but i didn't know i didn't know that there was an engine overheat light i didn't know that was a thing that happened I also didn't know that there was like a temperature gauge. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't even remember if there was one. My gas gauge was also broken, so I had to just remember how many miles I'd driven. Yeah, they don't go over car symbols very much in uh, driver's training. No, and it didn't have like, there was no manual with it because we got it used. So I had no idea. I had to, we had to look up the trunk thing. Like there was no manual that was like, yeah, if, you're, if your alarm is going off, you got to put the key in the trunk. So um, yeah, I didn't put it together until months later i was like oh my god that's like the engine overheating light <laughs> because it came back on again like the coolant was leaking again and so that started mm -hmm. coming on again like a couple months later and i was like oh my god i know what this light means it's not february anymore <laughs> <laughs> so um i could have died and um i never told anyone because i didn't want them to think that i was a complete idiot but like no one told me how was i supposed to know they don't go over those lights you are but, right you know, I'm already like a female, so I walk into an auto zone and they're like, um, excuse me, do you need me to teach you how to drive? Do you know what a steering wheel is? Like, I'm not mm -hmm. going to ask anyone a question about my car. For the record, they do that to guys too. <laughs> At AutoZone, yes. Also, O'Reilly's. Catchy jingle on the radio. These guys are <laughs> fucking assholes. Like, I went yeah. in to get a, a light for my right front blinker, right? And I even when I said it, I made sure very carefully not to just say a blinker light. I went in and I was like, hey, do you guys have like lights for like a blinker? Like the my front right blinkers out. And the guy's like, oh, you mean a blinker light? And started laughing, giving me shit. And it's like, or you could just tell me which fucking aisle it's in. <laughs> So I can get on with my day. Yeah. No, you're right. They, they don't go over those things. No. So I had no idea. I think it's hilarious. I'm not going to lie. I think that's hilarious. <laughs>
It but is. Also, I'm not going to completely fault you because I, I, most people, including me, probably wouldn't have known what that is either. But we're very different where I probably would have asked somebody within See, like a day. I feel like part of me probably should have known that that was like a warning light, like it meant something real, not that it was like ice possible. The reason that I never told my mom this is one, because her car had the same light and that's the whole reason I thought that's what the light meant. Mm -hmm. The second thing is that I literally specifically remember I had multiple conversations with my mom where I was like, it's so stupid that my car like warns me when there's ice possible. Like, oh yeah, it's really stupid when that my car does that too. And like we had conversations about it and she like validated it mm -hmm. so I was like okay well that must be what it means then because like my mom said it so obviously it's right and nope could have died she's like I'm not riding in that <laughs> piece of crap car because <laughs> you know I mean we always no that's not really true I was gonna say we always had shitty cars but we didn't like my mom always leased her cars um, mm -hmm. for a lot of my like childhood. So she always had a nice car. And for a while, my dad had like a company car. And so it was nice. And then he had like work vehicles after that. So, you know, we had nice cars. So I wasn't used to driving like a junky car. But at the same time, my dad was very much of the mindset like, oh, if your check engine light comes on, don't worry about it. Just wait until something actually goes wrong. You'll know right. when something's really going wrong. I didn't, but I ignored the check engine light anyway. But also, to try to back you up a little bit, <laughs> most people, their first car, and I think everybody's first car, should be pretty crappy. Mm -hmm. Like, my first car was the Blue Bomber, and I, I love that car. It was my grandmother's and my grandfather's car, And but by the time I got it, it was on its last leg. When you have an old, junky car like that, you just learn to shrug most things off. True. So how many of us would have actually paid attention to that light. I don't know. Me personally, I think the funniest part of that story is when it starts smoking is that you ran inside and you're like, my car's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I mean, what do you do? I don't know. Fire extinguisher? I, think, I mean, I didn't even like pop the hood, which actually I didn't know how to pop the hood now that I think about it. <laughs> um, because my dad was like, oh, pop the hood. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. No one showed me. I've literally had a driver's license for like six months. Show me how. Well, moving forward, if unless you see flames, I mean, smoke's not great, but if there's no flames, you've got some time. Right. And usually well, and I know, white, like, white, white smoke, smoke, as you know now, yes, just means you're overheating. is less bad than like black smoke if it was yeah. black smoke i should have like bailed out of the car right um but it was white smoke fire and i turned the off way. the car and it was fine mm -hmm. um that car i loved it but at the same time when i wrecked it 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 deserved the ending that it had it deserved to be totaled because there was just so much wrong with it you've got to quickly say what happened you can't just be like oh yeah i totaled that car <laughs> Okay, next week we're <laughs> no. You got it. You got to tell us what happened. Why? How did you total it? Um, I rear-ended someone. Which you totaled your car rear-ending somebody. How fast were you going? Well, I was driving a VW Bug and I rear-ended an Explorer with a tow package. Okay. So it literally went directly through um, my radiator. It stabbed your car to death. Yeah. Um, Not much of a valiant effort on the Bug's part. <laughs> no. No, it really wasn't. But again, that car didn't really deserve a valiant death. There was too much wrong with it. I think actually... I'm sure it was a looker in its heyday. It was cute. I loved it. But honestly, you can probably say the embarrassing the embarrassing thing is that uh, I've actually totaled two cars because of rear-ending someone. 
And I've actually rear-ended three people. One of them was Sam. No, shut up. <laughs> did you really? When? Um, it was in my first red focus. And it was like, it was actually very shortly before I totaled that car, which I, I totaled it. And that one wasn't my fault. It was pouring rain on the highway. And the like traffic stopped really fast and I hydroplaned into the car in front of me. So like that one wasn't me being dumb. <laughs> was in the car in front of you with Sam? Uh, no, that was how I totaled that car. But in between, um, in the red focus shortly before I totaled it, we were like going somewhere together, but we were driving separately. And um, actually you were there. You weren't there when I rear-ended him, but you were at the place we were going. One of the times that you came to my the bar um, in Linden. I only went there once. So unless you rear-ended him on your birthday, which I don't think you did. No, was it? No, Cody and Jordan came. You didn't Yeah, come. I was in Indiana that okay. night. I was with okay. uh, dear old Jennifer. That's right. Okay, so Cody and J- uh, Jordan were there when we were on our way to the bar to see Cody and Jordan and a couple other of my friends. Um, we were leaving Sam's apartment complex and he was in front of me in his escape and he like went to pull out and stopped. And I just like looked like glanced at the road for a second and like didn't realize that he stopped quickly enough. And I just like tapped his bumper, but it was enough where his escape, like put a little hole in my front bumper. (laughs) Oh gosh. Those were good stories, Nat. I haven't heard (laughs) any of those. Did you have so one more question before we go? Did you have a name for the Volkswagen? Do you name your cars? No, I don't usually name my cars. I feel like I did have a name for it, but I don't remember what it was. I don't yeah. think it was anything super creative. I don't do usually you, name my cars. Do you find it ironic that um, your mom has a dog named Roly and you drove a little Roly Pulioli for your first car? <laughs> <laughs> Never thought of it that way, but I guess that is that is true. It is the circle of life. <laughs> Well, if you have an embarrassing and or dumb story, don't be afraid to share it on the Facebook page. Just sound off, put a post, send us a message. We'll try to work it into an episode at some point and at the very least we'll respond. And if you like what you heard, make sure that you keep on listening. We're on all of your favorite places that you like to listen to your podcast, whether that be Podbean, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, we've got you covered. And don't forget to check out our sponsor of this week's episode, Noted by Nicole, on Facebook and Instagram. You can order all of your custom embroidery from her. She does awesome work. And any current or custom inventory order, you can get 10% off with the coupon code HAMPERSANDR10. So Natalie, what did we learn today? We learned that apparently spinach is more flammable slash explosive than peaches somehow. We learned that apparently there's someone who lives on Loon Lake that occasionally shoots off cannons, and that's totally normal. We also learned that hoses are more effective than coolers for extinguishing fires. What else did we learn? We also learned that power steering fluid is red. Don't just assume you've ran over a cat. We learned that there is such a thing as an ice light, but don't assume it. Google that shit. And we learned that Natalie really needs to stop rear-ending other people's cars. This has been the Hit and Run Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.